Hello and welcome back. This is High Notes Nashville Sports. I'm Garrett Pave, joined alongside once again my good friend Connor Owens. And it's a big day today. It is the 2021 NFL Draft Round 1 tonight at 7, coming live from Cleveland, Ohio. First things first, Connor, how's it going, man? Going pretty good. Um, it's a big day for us football fans. We always love the NFL Draft, so much yep. hype behind it. Uh, very unpredictable so i, I think yes. that's what people enjoy most about it so yep you said it well connor it is a unpredictable first round this year a lot of talent a really deep class in general this year and like you said this is the first football event we've had in a while so we are all super excited about this we expect some mysteries we expect some excitement some changes uh you and i talked before the show about some trades some potential trades happening not just during the draft but right now before the draft it is a crazy times teams are scrambling to get their last pieces set so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through all 32 picks one by one. We're going to go through who I have, who you have, break all the picks down. So let's go and jump right in. Uh, number one is pretty set in stone for all of us, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. I have them taking Trevor Lawrence. Connor, do you agree with that? Yeah, I got him taking Trevor Lawrence. I, I right, think good. that's a pick we've known for a good while. Yeah, I don't think there's much to say there. I mean, Lawrence was, you know, a lot of people are calling him that generational talent. Uh Urban Meyer looking to build that franchise off of Trevor Lawrence and kind of continue to build that talent level up. Number two, I also think is set in stone. I think Zach Wilson from BYU is going to New York. Connor, do you agree with that one too? 100%. Yeah, I think, you know, Zach Wilson. What I've noticed about past NFL drafts is Mm -hmm. the real draft starts at number three. 100%. Because usually you already know who's number one and number two. Back a few years ago, Winston won, Mariota two. We knew that for a couple months. Yep. And then the draft that was in Nashville, we always knew Kyler Murray was going number one to Arizona. Yep. So I, it's exciting to see what happens at number three. I agree. And, you know, the, the big assignment this year was, of course, New York started the season 0 10. They were really kind of going to be the number one pick. They're looking to get Lawrence. All of a sudden, they won a couple games, and Jacksonville slid into that first spot. And now they're taking Trevor Lawrence, which, of course, if you're a Jaguars fan, you're excited. I think this is a team that, you know, you get the right pieces in there. You got Urban Meyer, you know, great college coach. How does he translate to the NFL? We'll see. So we got first two, and you're right. Now it gets interesting. So at number three for the 49ers, a lot of talk. Uh, I think they're going to go quarterback, and I have them taking Mac Jones from Alabama with a third pick. And this is one that I don't necessarily like. I don't like them taking Mac Jones at third. I think it's a reach. He's ranked as – I think the 38th overall player in this draft. So I think that the 49ers are reaching, but I do think they take Mac Jones. I've heard a lot of noise around that. So we'll see what happens. Connor, who do you have at three? The um, 49ers came out with a press conference a couple of days ago, said that they're deciding between five guys. I think if not all of them are quarterbacks. So you, yep. you know they're going quarterback, and I don't think I've yep. ever seen an NFL draft where the first three picks are quarterbacks. That's been insane. And, again, like you mentioned, there's been a lot of talk about where they're going. Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. I think those yep. will be the final three that they're going to decide between. I highly doubt it's going to be Justin Fields. I do not yep. see him fitting in San Francisco whatsoever. Um, you have Mac Jones. I'm going Trey Lance. That's I think right. when you put when you take Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson out of the equation, Trey Lance is the best quarterback in this draft. I know, he didn't play, yeah. I know he didn't play much at North Dakota State, but when he did, he balled out. And that made his draft stock continue to rise. His pro days were absolutely dominant. That yep. raised his draft stock even more. I think San Francisco 
goes quarterback here. That and I also on my mocks I marked mm-hmm. places where I could see a trade. I could see a trade here, and there's been a lot of rumblings that New England is actually trying to trade with San Francisco yep. or Jimmy G get into third pick. They're probably going to go quarterback if that were to happen. But I used it as if there were no trades, yep. and I got Trey Lance going to San Francisco. Well, and that's the interesting point. You just mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's kind of the mystery here. Um, the Niners still have him on the roster, but you would assume that if they're going to go quarterback in the top three, they're moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo. So uh, the plan, the, the question right now is, what does San Francisco do with Jimmy Garoppolo? And I also like how you mentioned Trey Lance. You know, a lot of people are hating on Trey Lance. Uh, they said that the schedule wasn't there and all this, but you're right. Uh, He's done nothing on the field that's told me he couldn't be a top three pick. I mean, he has been absolutely fantastic. Did not throw an interception his final season he played. Uh, unbelievable. I think it was like 48 touchdowns and zero interceptions. I mean, just a fantastic player. Takes care of the ball. He's smart. So I like that. Moving on to number four now, the Atlanta Falcons. And I have them taking arguably the best player in the entire draft besides Trevor Lawrence, and that's Kyle Pitts from Florida. I think Kyle Pitts is – just a fantastic all-around player. I think him at four. This guy, if this weren't such a stacked quarterback class, I think Pitts is going top three, maybe even top two, if if this quarterback class is not the way it is. So I have the Falcons taking Kyle Pitts. There's a lot of noise about Julio Jones being traded out of Atlanta, maybe the Tennessee Titans trying to grab him. So I think Kyle Pitts kind of takes over that big role and becomes their feature player. Um. You talked about a possible trade for Atlanta. I do not mm-hmm. see that, especially for Julio Jones, mm-hmm. because I, I thought that they could possibly move him during the draft, but due to cap reasons, they can't really trade him until, yeah. I think, early June. So he's he's safe at least th- for another month. Yep. Um, this could be a spot where I see Atlanta going quarterback because Matt Ryan's kind of on the downhill of his career. I don't think he has that much longer left. So they could get their next franchise quarterback. That could be a spot for Justin Fields. Again, don't think he would fit in Atlanta that much. Um, but I agree with you. I think Kyle Pitts is the best option for Atlanta. And 100% agree with you. If this was not a stacked quarterback class, yep. Kyle Pitts would be the number one player in this draft. I agree. And, you know, you talk about the quarterback debate here for And I think, you know, it's really a question now, of course, Arthur Smith leaving Tennessee, now going over to be the Falcons head coach. It's really a question now of does this organization think Matt Ryan has four or five more years left in him, right? And if they don't, then you look at a potential option where they do pick a guy like Justin Fields or Trey Lance, Matt Jones, depending on who's left. There's a potential for that option. You also could look, though, and realize how deep this class is, and maybe you pick up a Kyle Pitts at four and then wait second round and maybe, I don't know, Kyle Trask or Kellen Mond or someone like that is sitting late that you want to maybe take a shot at. I don't know. I just think it's all going to depend on where Matt Ryan's at. Of course, they know more than we do. So we'll see. Number five, the Bengals. This one was easy for me. I I have the Bengals taking Jamar Chase from LSU. I I think pairing him up back with Joe Burrow is a match made in heaven. I think Jamar Chase is the best receiver in this class unless you want to count Kyle Pitts the receiver, which I don't. But I do think that Jamar Chase is the best receiver in this class. He opted out this past season. I think if he did not opt out this past season, he would have helped that LSU team so much. I mean, he wouldn't have, you know, they wouldn't have won games just because of him. 
but he would have helped that team out tremendously. So I think they take him at five, pair him back up with Joe Burrow. Who do you have at five? I could see Jamar Chase again with the LSU connection. Mm. Um, but I don't think connections is how NFL drafts are supposed to work. Mm. I don't care who you know. I don't care who you played with. It's who is the best fit for your organization. And why do you think Joe Burrow tore his ACL four weeks into the year last year? He has no (laughs) offensive line to protect him. Nobody. I think the best offensive lineman in this draft is Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. Dang. Okay. Connor thought I I got Rashawn Rashawn Slater going five (laughs) to Cincinnati. I love it. The curveball. That's the first big curveball we've had here. Of course, Panay Sewell, widely known for a lot of people as the best player. But Rashawn Slater has been climbing up draft boards. And I actually have seen a few mock drafts with him ahead of Panay Sewell. So, there you go. They're going to get the big offensive lineman, fill the spot, protect Joe Burrow. Number six, the Dolphins. I have the Dolphins taking a receiver as well. I think this is a fantastic receiving class as is the quarterback class, I have them taking Devontae Smith from Alabama. There's a lot of talk about – and this is what I don't like. I don't like the whole argument that Devontae Smith is too small. He's not big enough to play in the NFL. I don't like that argument because if you can ball, you can ball. And he is a fantastic receiver. He has shown nothing of why he can't be the next big receiver in the NFL. I, again, I do think Jamar Chase is better, but I think because – you know, I had Chase off the board. Now I think the Dolphins take Devontae Smith. And and the Dolphins are also in a situation, though, where they can improve their offensive line or go receiver. I think it's one of those two positions here. And I just thought with Smith on the board still, a dynamic playmaker, look, Brian Flores loves those kind of guys. They need somebody really as a consistent pass catcher. I think Devontae Smith does a job. So who do you have at six now? The same reason. That's a connection there. You got Devontae Smith from Alabama yep. to a tug of Iowa. Quarterback at Alabama, they know each other. Yep, I could, I can. That's that's honestly a spot where I could see it happen again. I mm-hmm. don't really like that too much. Yeah. Um, but this is where I have Jamar Chase. I think Jamar gotcha. Chase would be a perfect fit in Miami. I think uh, I hundred percent agree. They need an offensive line, and they need somebody who can be a target yes. for Tua Tagovailoa. And I think if you have Tua and Jamar Chase. That offense and a good offensive line depends on what yep. they do the rest of the draft. Of course. I think Jamar Chase and Tua Tagovailoa will be 100% da- dangerous in that division, and they could give New England another run for their money. Yep, and we got to remember the Dolphins to have two picks in this first round, so of course trying to address a few positions. But I like that. I think Jamar Chase again with him still on the board there. Why not? He is again the best receiver in the class. And uh, Tua's big issue last year was first of all he's on the ground 90% of the time. Uh, he was getting hit all the time, and secondly. He didn't have a consistent pass catcher. I mean, Devontae Parker maybe was kind of set up a little bit, but he didn't have a guy like Jamar Chase who's going to make a play out of nothing. This is not where I had him going, obviously. Mm-hmm. Of course. But could this be a spot where you see Panay Sewell? Could Panay Sewell go to Miami? 100%. I think he could. I think they're Miami has a lot of interest. Apparently, they've had a lot of meetings with Panay Sewell. They were very interested in, in their pre-draft interviews. Um I just think it's a matter of you almost have to look at who's the best player on the board. And I mean, Panay Sewell is widely thought as a top three player in this draft, but I think you're getting more value out of a Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith. I think you're getting more value out of a receiver who can make plays consistently. Those two guys have shown, I mean, they will make something out of nothing. Like that's just what they do. So I think you could see a Panay Sewell, but I think Miami's more worried about 
who does Tua throw the ball to rather than protecting him? I, I do. So I think that's kind yeah. of why there. So that brings me to number seven now, the Lions. And this is actually where I have my first trade. I have the Lions trading out of the seventh spot. I have New England trading up to seven. And I have New England taking Trey Lance, quarterback from North Dakota State, at seven. I think right now New England looking to get past where they're at with Cam Newton right now. Of course, they have Newton and Stidham on the roster, which is not – the pair they want right now, um, I think they're going to go quarterback. I think they're going to trade up to 15 because they know that their guy is up there and might not be there when they go 15. So I have them trading to Detroit. I have Detroit trading back, and I have the Patriots taking Trey Lance at seven. I Like I mentioned earlier, that I did my mock draft as if there were no trades, but I did mm-hmm. make a mark saying this could be a team that could trade. I, to- I yep. totally agree with you. I think Detroit could trade out. But if they don't, they need defensive help. They got Jared Goff as quarterback. They're set in the quarterback position. I think they're okay at the wide receiver position. They need defensive help. And I know this guy could be the Isaiah Wilson of the 2021 NFL draft. He could be an absolute bust. Nobody likes him. He he, I don't think he could produce. But what he's seen, what he's seen in college, I think teams are going to pass on what he could do in the future. I think they look at the team. I think they look at the player he is now, and I think this is where Micah Parsons comes off the board. Nice. Micah Parsons goes to Detroit, and I think fit-wise, I think that would be good for him. But, again, I just don't think he would be – I don't think he's a 10-year player in the NFL. Yeah. Micah Parsons is such an intriguing player because, you know, many have him as the number one linebacker in this class for good reason. He's a fantastic player. He reads defenses better than anybody else in this draft does. He just is that kind of player. Of course, the big issue with Michael Parsons has been the off-field issues. And I like how you mentioned the Isaiah Wilson, kind of the almost connection there, because both these guys have dealt with off-field issues, right? It's how do you get them into shape to play now? But I agree. I think Michael Parsons is a great fit in Detroit. Detroit is looking to continue to build kind of that fast physical defense. Of course, Dan, what's their new head coach's name? I'm blanking on it. Oh, um. Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell. Yeah. So he's he wants that physical, you know, kind of rough and tough defense. Michael Parsons would bring that. So moving on to eight. And this sort of thing is getting interesting. So Connor and I were talking about before the show, the, the Carolina Panthers have the eighth pick. They traded last night Teddy Bridgewater to Denver for a six for a late round six round pick. So Carolina now has moved on from Teddy Bridgewater. They already acquired Sam Darnold. So I think we knew they weren't going to go quarterback necessarily, but they traded away. So I had them at eight taking Panay Sewell. I had them taking a guy in Panay Sewell who is going to help protect Sam Darnold. That is their number one need right now. They brought in Joe Brady. Joe Brady's their offensive coordinator, a fantastic offensive mind. They have the quarterback they want right now. They need to protect him. They got a great receiver in DJ Moore, who's going to be a fantastic player for them going forward. So I think they take Panay Sewell protect Sam Darnold, and kind of get this offense where it needs to go? Who do they have at eight? Again, I messaged you yesterday after that trade happened. I said, my yep. mock is busted. Yep. <laughs> that is – I did not expect that to happen. Yep. Going into this draft, I thought, I thought Teddy Bridgewater was okay with becoming the backup. Sam Darnold was their starter. They moved Teddy Bridgewater. Now they have no backup. It's just Sam Darnold. I think they go quarterback here. Really? I think they go quarterback, and I think Justin Fields finally comes off the board, goes to Carolina. 
And I think – I don't think Justin Fields – again, I said it a couple episodes mm-hmm. ago. He needs some time to mature. He needs some time 100%. to grow. There's still some things he needs to work on. I think Carolina's a good fit. And I yep. think Sam Darnold – if they go Justin Fields, Sam Darnold's got to go into mentor mode like that. 100%. Back when 100%. he – I think I think his backup when he was in New York was Joe Flacco, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. That's correct. So you have Joe Flacco being your mentor, but you're starting over him. But still, it doesn't matter. You have a mentor in Joe Flacco. I think Sam Darnold's going to become a mentor here. Justin Fields goes to Carolina. How about that? Trading out, they do not have Teddy Bridgewater. Connor has them going with Justin Fields at eight. Connor's going bold this mock draft. I like it. Number nine, you, now the Broncos. <laughs> Number nine, now the Broncos. And I have another trade here. I have the Denver Broncos at nine, trading out of the ninth spot, moving back to 20 and flopping with the Chicago Bears. I have the Bears moving up to nine. And the man he just mentioned, I have Chicago taking – Justin Fields. And so let me give you a quick reasoning. So originally I had the Broncos taking Justin Fields. I think, you know, the Broncos, they were ready to move on from Drew Locke. That was pretty clear. Um, So I had them taking a quarterback. Now you throw Bridgewater into the equation. And I don't see many other teams beyond the Broncos that really need a quarterback right now that are going to take one. I don't see a team from that nine to 20 range that really need a quarterback. That being said, I think Chicago sees an opportunity here to move up, get a guy they need, because, I mean, let's be honest, you and I both know Andy Dalton is not going to solve any of the issues that Matt Nagy has had in Chicago the past few years. He might make him worse. He might make, I agree. I agree. He might be a downgrade from Mr. Trubisky. That being said, I have them taking Justin Fields, and I do think as much as I'm not on the Fields train and I don't like Andy Dalton that much, Dalton has experience. and. He's been in the league a long time. He knows he knows offense. He knows what he's doing to an extent. Um, so I think Fields will be able to kind of sit under Andy Dalton for a year and learn the offense. So I think it works well for him, but I think they need a quarterback. I think Andy Dalton is – a lot of people are saying you get a receiver, go defense maybe. I don't think so. I think you go quarterback. You need to address the biggest issue. Matt Nagy is trying to save his job right now. So I think they make a big splash in this draft, move up 11 spots to nine and take Justin Fields at number nine overall. Again, this is a spot where I can see a trade, but I did it as if there was no trade. Yep. I agree. I think Denver is going to try to make a move where they get rid of Drew Locke. I don't think Drew Locke was the best decision for him at all. No. He has done absolutely nothing. Yep. And I think think that – um, Justin Fields moved to Chicago is a little bit interesting because it creates organizational drama. Yeah. Because Andy Dalton came to Chicago with the promise that he is their starting quarterback, mm-hmm. no matter what. You get a guy in here that – actually, now that I think about it, I don't think that there would be too much drama in there because of the point right. I made. That I don't think Justin Fields is a guy that can be a starter right away. Agreed. I agree with you. So if, if they do make that move, I don't think Andy Dalton should have a problem with that. Nope. And you mentioned Andy Dalton's experience. He has experience, but it's not good experience. No. Because of the places he has been. Yep. Cincinnati, they have been flat out terrible. Terrible. For Dallas. A very long I mean, time. He was thrown to a, 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 a dumpster fire last year with Dallas. Yep. I mean, he had no help. And you kind of. Uh, 
especially the way he was brought in. I mean, Dak Prescott breaks his leg, and boom, he's like that. And then the very next week, he gets a concussion. Yeah. Andy Dalton gets a concussion. So Cincinnati and Dallas are two dumpster fires in the NFL. They need to change quick. Yeah. Very quick. And I made this point to a friend of mine in the offseason. This is the last thing we're going to talk about, Dak Prescott. I do not think Dak Prescott is the quarterback of the future for the Dallas Cowboys. I don't either. I 100% agree with you. They already gave him that extension. So, in their eyes, he is. But, no. I think his level – I think his skill level so far has been kind of taken up a notch because of the players around him. I mean, you look at this past year, Dallas was an injury mess. I mean, they could not keep anybody healthy. They have arguably one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. You've got three receivers and Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, and now C.D. Lamb, who are going to be fantastic players. I mean, this is a offense, and Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, you have an offense around you that is built to win football games. I think Ezekiel Elliott. I know you give me that smart. He is a eh player, but I still think he's a top fifteen running back in the league. So you've got help around you, but I agree. I don't think Dak is the future. I don't. I I think when you make the point about Ezekiel, I think Ezekiel can be a good player. Just not in Dallas. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Dallas is – that's where running backs go to die. Yep. Is Dallas. Yep. Because they they have a good offensive line. They don't have a great offensive line. Agreed. That's why you see them go in the pass game so much. Yep. Because they don't want to rely on their offensive line protecting their running back. Because they yep. know if you go run play up the middle, you're going – you're going to work. Negative five yards, probably. Yeah, agreed. So, again, I think Zeke and Dak should get out of Dallas. Anyway, you asked me where I think Denver goes at nine. Again, if there's no trade, I could see a Mm -hmm. trade here. You need to give your quarterback a target. Yep. And bless his heart, I think that target is Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. The Alabama boys. Yep. Like – I know it's Denver, and their quarterback room is not that impressive. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I don't think you need a good quarterback. If you have a good receiver, you'll make your quarterbacks look good. 100% agree. So, Jalen Waddle, 9 to Denver. I like that. I, I do agree. I think Denver is, you know, got to start fixing some other issues. Going to 10 now. The team we just talked about, the Dallas Cowboys – I have them going defense, actually. I'm talking about offensive line. I have them going defense, though, and I have them taking, in my opinion, the best cornerback in the class, Patrick Sertain from Alabama, a fantastic cover corner who is a more physical-type player. So I have them taking him at 10. I think Dallas's defense was as bad as their offense was last year. Their defense was that much worse. I just They could not stop anybody. I remember, I remember watching them on Thanksgiving Day give up 41 points to an Alex Smith-Washington team that was just – depleted as well so i, that was I think awesome. this, this defense that was awesome this defense is a lot to fix i think patrick sertain is a great corner that can start kind of that trend there be a leader of this defense so i have him going defense and taking sertain at 10 this is a move that i don't expect to happen mm. but one thing that i love about drafts is unexpected drama yes no and doubt unexpected moves nobody expects yep. i think I do agree with you. I do think Denver goes defense. And, again, I make – I'm stupid with my mock drafts. <laughs> this guy is a health <clears throat> risk. He is a health risk. That's why I think he is a perfect fit for Dallas. Mm. 
<laughs> he is a health risk. Caleb Farley. Gotcha. 10 to Dallas. I know he yeah. has back issues that could affect him, but I don't think teams really worry about injuries until they get yeah. the player. You well, look Farley, at, you, too. Now you go, you go. No, you, you can go. I was going to say, Farley's a top three corner. I mean, he's a top three in the class. Like, this is a great player. So, I get it. I totally get it. I mean, a lot of people – look, I, I think the brilliancy of this cornerback class this year is those top three guys, Farley, Horn, and Sertain, are all three pretty interchangeable. I think they all give you a different skill set. Of course, J.C. Horn is more of that ball hawk, fast cornerback, whereas Sertain and Farley are a little more physical. So, I, I, I like that thing. I do think the Dallas goes defense. I think you and I agree on that. Number 11, staying within the NFC East, the New York Giants – they need all the help they can get. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you right now. They need all the help they can get. And I had them going offense here. I think Daniel Jones needs a playmaker, of course. You know, they uh, they signed Kenny Galladay, I believe, this offseason. So, they got a receiver there. But I had them taking a wide receiver, too. And I had them taking Jalen Waddle, as you mentioned a couple weeks ago. I had them taking Jalen Waddle from Alabama. I think Waddle is – actually, it's, it's funny I had Devontae Smith higher because of the fit. But I think Jalen Waddle is the better receiver of the two. Um, I think if we did not see him get hurt against Tennessee this year, he was going to have a better season than Devontae Smith. I do. I think. How he do you get hurt against season. Tennessee? I know. That's what I'm saying. Like it was the. I mean, it was, it was, look how it was bad. Most awkward injury. It was most awkward injury too. I mean, it was just out of nowhere. So, if he doesn't get hurt, he's better than Devontae Smith. This. I think he is mm -hmm. a better player. He provides you a better skill set. So I think Waddle. And didn't Devontae <laughs> Smith get hurt in the playoffs? He did. Yeah, his ankle. Ankle was. I mean, he didn't play the second half of the national championship. That's crazy. I mean, <clears throat> that just shows you the depth they have. But I think the Giants improving their receiving core. I think they take Waddle. What do you think at 11? I think they go defense. And I think, right. in my opinion, this guy is the best pass rusher in this draft. All right. Pay. Thank you. I agree with to that. To the Giants. I agree with that. I think that defensive line needs some serious help. <clears throat> And Cordy Pay is the one of the most explosive pass rushers I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, I, I think he'd be a perfect fit. Plus, didn't they just get um, from the Titans? Who they get on the defensive side? Um, Daquan Jones. We released no. Daquan no, we, we released him in the offseason. Adoree Jackson. Adoree Jackson. Yes, that's right. I think it was Adoree Jackson. <clears throat> that's right. So you have Adoree Jackson at corner, and again, I think Adoree Jackson can be an amazing corner. I think he, a change of scenery was. Fits him pretty needed. well. Yeah, needed. Adoree Jackson at corner, Cordy Pay at pass rush. Pretty it's, much. Uh, it's a one I think that punch. Can, I don't think it's unstoppable yet. Agreed. But with the proper um, discipline, <clears throat> practice, that can be an yep. unstoppable corner pass rush duo. Well, and Quiddy Pay is so dangerous because, I mean, we've seen on tape, he's a bigger defensive lineman, but he's very quick off the edge, and he's got very good hand work. So I think – Quiddy Pay is probably the standout in this class. I agree with you. Moving on to 12 now. Philadelphia Eagles, once again, it's the, the, the three NFC East teams sitting all right there at 10, 11, and 12. At 12, I have the uh, Eagles taking J.C. Horn. You talk about the top three cornerbacks. I have them taking J.C. Horn to fix this defense. So this, this defense is it, it's similar to these NFC East teams. And I think, you know, the debate is do they go receiver or do they go DB and Again, I think this receiving class is so deep, whereas this cornerback class is not. I think right now for the Eagles, it's receiver and DB. I, that's kind of the two positions you're going to work on. And I think 
you got to give Jalen Hurts all the help he can get too. But I think they know they'll be able to get a receiver in the second round that's still a very talented wide receiver one, in my opinion. So I have them taking J.C. Horn, fixing that defense, that secondary at number 12. I'm not going to explain this guy probably at all because you yep. explained him pretty well. And I totally agree. You need to give Jalen Hurts a target. Yep. That target, Devontae Smith. There you go. Yeah, That's all I'm going to say. Yep. <laughs> Drop the mic. 13 now. The Los Angeles Chargers. And I have them. Okay, first, let me tell you right now. I want to say this for the Chargers. I think the Chargers are in fantastic shape going forward. I think this is an organization that is on the rise, and they're going to start giving the Chiefs some problems. I think they will. I, Justin Herbert is – that was a – I said it last year when they picked him. I said that is going to be a home run pick because he fits the West Coast scheme well. He likes it out there in L.A. Justin Herbert was a home run hit. So Wasn't he rookie went, of the year, too? He was, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's fantastic. He was he was a top 15 quarterback statistically in the whole league. Like, it was unbelievable. And so, because of them picking him last year, I had them picking an offensive lineman to protect him this year. I have them picking Rashawn Slater, who you think is the best tackle or the best offensive lineman in this class. I have them taking there behind Sewell. <clears throat> but, again, I think the Chargers need somebody to protect Justin Herbert. That is their number one priority right now. With Slater still on the board, it's a no-brainer. So, I've been taking Slater at 13. Totally agree with you. I have them going the second best offensive lineman in this draft. Panay Sewell. There you go. Yeah. I think you and I both think we both agree. Could you imagine an offensive line with Panay Sewell, quarterback Justin Herbert, and the wide receivers that they have? Dangerous. Like absolutely dangerous. Insane. Yeah, like crazy. I, it's again the Chargers are they've built this team they have a really good core they have a few pieces to fill in this is one of those pieces right now it de- de- again all depends on what they do mm-hmm. with this draft but yep. if they go all out and absolutely dominate this draft would you put them in Super Bowl contender mode I put them in playoff mode I, I wouldn't go as far as Super Bowl yeah. I, I put them playoff but I think yeah Look, it's hard, of course, with the division they're in. Uh, it's right now. I mean, even though they're on the rise, it's still Kansas City and everybody else. Uh, I mean, Oakland doesn't scare me. Or Sorry, Las Vegas doesn't scare me. Um, uh, the Chargers are, are getting there, and the Broncos are just – they're far, far away Terrible. from being even relevant. So, uh, I think they're a playoff team. But I'm, I wouldn't go as far as Super Bowl yet, but I would say a playoff team. Like Anthony Lynn, you know, what they're doing there is good. So, moving on to 14 in the Vikings. An interesting pick. The Minnesota Vikings – they're another team that, you know, they've got a good offense right now. I mean, they, they you know, the receiving core, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, fantastic. Dalvin Cook, fantastic. Kirk Cousins, eh, he's fine. He's a game manager. He gets the job done when he needs to. Uh, he's not great. So they need defense. I have them going defense this year. And I have them taking at 14, a guy you mentioned earlier on, a hit or miss kind of guy. I have them taking Micah Parsons, a linebacker, um, with him still on the board at 14. I think his talent is top 10. Um, but you said it perfectly, Connor. It is, you know, he's got – can they get him ready to play on the field? Can they avoid this bust pick? So I had them taking Micah Parsons at 14. I think that's a guy. Who do you have at 14? You mentioned all those offensive targets that they have. You need an offensive line to protect them. Yep. You need an offensive line to 
protect again. Don't really think Kirk Cousins is that great. No, no. You need to give him enough time to get the ball to to his targets. Agreed. Elijah Vera Tucker. USC. Yeah. Even again, last year was a COVID year. We couldn't really yeah. get everything out of it, everything out of a team. But Elijah Vera Tucker looked dominant last year. Oh, and, awesome. and all his other years that he's been at USC. Well, he was shadowed down by Panay Sewell a little bit because everybody was talking about this Panay Sewell hype, and that was all they talked about in the Pac-12 was Panay Sewell this, Panay Sewell that. But Vera Tucker was right there with them. I mean, skill level, they're very similar. It just was a matter of who got more attention and Sewell did. So I like that. Again, yeah, Kirk Cousins, he's another guy that needs help when he gets it. So yeah, like that pick. Moving on to 15, this is where I had the Patriots trading down. I had the Lions trading back to 15. And I had the Lions taking Caleb Farley. Uh, I think Farley, you mentioned, is a – hit or miss guy in terms of injury. Um, but I do think D- Detroit is another team that wants to fix on the defensive side of the ball. I think you had them taking Micah Parsons. I think is what you had. So I had them also going defense, yeah. but taking Caleb Farley, a really good cover corner, a more physical kind of player. But he had 15 Patriots. Patriots. Yeah. Um, yep. Again, like I, like I always mentioned, I totally can see that trade happening. Yep. But I don't think the Patriots have to trade to get this guy. I don't think he's a top – I don't think he's a top five pick. I don't think he's a top ten pick. He could be a top 15 pick, and here they are at 15. They get their quarterback of the future. Cam Newton is not their quarterback of the future. Cam, I don't even think Cam Newton will be in the league in the next three years. No. Mac Jones goes to New England. Interesting, interesting. And see, that's interesting, too, because you talk about all these teams. This top 15, there's so many teams that are looking for a quarterback. I mean, but – and, of course, Mac Jones, you rumored maybe, you know, San Francisco, maybe not. But yeah, I like it. and because... it all depends on what New England does. San 100%. Francisco has said time and time again it would need an unbelievable offer for them to move Jimmy yep. G. Yep. It, if New England does not get that trade for Jimmy G – they go Mac Jones. If great, they great. do not get Jimmy G, I could see them going somewhere else. Yep. But but I I'm I use my mock to make sure as if Jimmy G stays in San Francisco, yep. which I think he does because I looked yep. at his contract for this year only. He has a no trade clause. No. So he would I I think how no trade clauses work is Jimmy G would have to agree to get traded. Great, and it would have to be something unbelievable. I think he wants to stay in San Francisco. That's why I got Mac Jones at 15. It really is this domino effect of whatever San Francisco does kind of sets the stage for the going forward in this draft. It it really is. We know who's going first, too. We know the top two picks are. But it seriously is like a domino effect. Whoever San Francisco goes, that changes draft boards all over. So interesting to see where that goes. Moving on, 16, I have another trade here. This is where Arizona – I have Arizona – actually, not a huge trade. I have Arizona flopping – with Washington from 16 to 19. I have Washington moving to 16, and I have Washington taking Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, the linebacker from Notre Dame. Washington is in that situation right now where you got a great defensive line. You have a top-five defensive line. Uh, your secondary continues to get stronger and stronger. William Jackson, the signee from Cincinnati, is a fantastic cornerback. Linebacker is the only position on defense right now you're lacking at. They are an older veteran position. You got some young inexperience too in Cole Holcomb from North Carolina. Uh, Owusu Koromoa is a fantastic linebacker. He is 
right there with Micah Parsons as the top linebacker in this class. Washington wants somebody fast. And furthermore, I don't think offensively right now there's a ton of positions you need to address besides maybe the offensive line. I mean, of course, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick and Taylor Heineke, you're trying to figure out the quarterback situation. I think Fitzpatrick is a carryover for a year. Uh, Receiving-wise, they signed Curtis Samuel, a fantastic slot receiver. So Washington right now is in the mode where where can you improve the most and pick the best player on the board? And I think that Owusu Koromoa is that right now. I think he's going to fill that linebacker void, and they take him at 16. That's a move I don't really see happening. Hmm. It's bold. Uh It's bold. It's out there. Yeah. Yeah. I think if they get that – if I think if Washington gets him – their defense. Well, let me, let me, let me say too, I've heard, I've heard to mention this too. The only reason, and the only reason I have this too is I'm looking at 17 and 18 in, in Las Vegas and Miami. And I have Washington moving up solely because I think Las Vegas and Miami are two teams who are looking at a defensive pick. So mm-hmm. I think if you're Washington, this is a guy Washington has had their eyes on since before the combine. I mean, they've liked this guy coming in. And so for that reason, I could see them potentially going up and grabbing him, but, I, I do agree with you. It's it's a bold move. It's not something that you would go, that's a definite trade. It's just something that I kind of look at as a potential, maybe a bold out there pick, you know? So, again, I don't see a trade happening there, so I had Arizona staying there. Yep. And they're already dominant as it is. I mean, good night. They got no. Kyler Murray, J.J. Watt, uh, Malcolm DeAndre Butler, Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. I, I think they add to that. Patrick Sertain, nice. 16 to Arizona. There you go. Uh, Sertain, again, widely Perfect. thought of as the best cornerback. So, I like it. I think if you dropped him at 16, then Could you situation. imagine Malcolm Butler I know. and Patrick Sertain? Because Butler had a great year last year. Butler yeah. had a great season with the Titans. That so, was a release that shocked me. Agreed, 100%. I think I – think I didn't like it. I, I agree his contract was a little too much money, but you could have restructured it. To where he could stay in Tennessee. Agreed. Agreed. That's I, I'm with you. And I, I think it's, you know, the Titans, the Titans, man, they released so many guys. I mean, they just were left and right letting guys go. So I, I like that. And, and the Cardinals, yeah. I looked at all those releases and then I finally realized they're up to something. Uh, they're freeing up money to get somebody. Yeah, they're doing something. They didn't get squat. Yeah. No. I mean, they got you, Bud. You wonder, free. though, you wonder if it's going to translate something maybe tonight or tomorrow night or something. You like wonder, trade? maybe, you wonder if something's going to happen. I, or, you know what? And again, this is what I'm talking about. The Julio Jones move, he's safe right now. But mm-hmm. there is a lot of conversation of pairing him up with A.J. Brown in Tennessee. Dude, could you in imagine? June. But again, why else? There's so much talk in the Titans. Everything they've done has, as you said, pointed to them making a big move. So, potentially, I don't know. We'll see. It could happen. But, I mean, we still have them. You know, they got a first-round pick they got to take care of. So, you know. And, and their head coach is Arthur Smith. So, yep, he, he could probably say, hey, you did so much for me in yep. Tennessee. Here's Julio Jones. Yeah, exactly. A little compensation, right? <laughs> anyway, moving on to 17 now. Las Vegas Raiders. And I have them. Going offensive line, I have them taking a guy to protect Derek Carr. I have them taking Christian Derisaw, the offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. Derisaw, I went back and forth with a couple guys here, but I just thought Derisaw was the best pick. He's a big, physical, kind of nasty offensive lineman who 
is willing to get dirty. And I think, you know, Las Vegas needs a guy. Uh, their quarterback situation, too, I think Derek Carr has just been so hit or miss recently. John Gruden still figuring that out. Uh, Mariota still, I believe, is with Oak, Las Vegas. Still has not been traded yet. Um, so I think an offensive lineman here to kind of help that issue is what they're going to go. I have them taking Derisaw at 17. My thing with Derisaw, you're probably going to get a shocked look on your face. I do not think Derisaw is first round talent. Really? I do not. I think he goes early, early second. He's off the board. That's fair. That's fair. I do do have Vegas going offensive line here. Okay. I'm curious about this one now. And I'm going to be 100% honest. I did not keep up with this kid at all. I, all, I, all I looked at was his stats, and he was pretty dominant. And I think pretty dominant is what Vegas needs right now. Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma Thank you. State. No, I like that. I like that a lot. You, you keep going. That's it. Yeah. He, no, I, I love that. I love that pick. It's great. I Tevin Jenkins, actually, I'm not going to say where, but I do have him in the first round, too. Uh, a lot of people have him third, second round. I actually have him in my first round draft pick, mock, mock draft, too. So, I like it. I think the Raiders do go offensive line at 18. Now the Dolphins, and this is a guy who I think in my mock draft has fallen far. Um, I think for good reason. I think there's a lot of talent in this draft, but I think this is a guy that's a no brainer. I have the Dolphins taking Quiddy Pay uh, from Michigan. I think Quiddy Pay is still on the board for me at 18. Um, I think the Dolphins, you know, Brian Flores wants to continue to build this defense up. And uh, you said it early on, Connor, Quiddy Pay is the most dominant pass rusher in this draft class. It's not even close. He is just set himself apart. Um, and I think that would be a perfect fit in Miami. You know, Brian Flores is a defensive mastermind. He wants to continue, you know, getting that physicality up in Miami. I think Quiddy Pay goes to the Dolphins at 18. I think in order for Miami to get Quiddy Pay, they hmm. would have to trade into the top 10. Which would make he a top 10 talent. Easy. Two, two top 10 picks for Miami. And if it goes the way we have it, Again, of course, I don't have them going Quiddy Pay. Yeah. But could you imagine in the top 10, they get Jamar Chase and Quiddy Pay? That'd be insane. It'd be insane. That'd be dominant. It'd be dominant. But Tua needs protection. 100%. I agree. You, you, you and I were in the same boat. We were kind of agreeing do they go receiver? Do they go off of offensive line? This is where yep. they go offensive line. And they get another Bama kid, Alex Leatherwood. Has again, I don't really like Alabama, so I don't really keep up with Alabama that much. But Alex Leatherwood has been dominant. I mean, I think he played Vander, I think he played Vanderbilt a couple years ago when Alabama came here, but of course, Bama, Alabama, or Bama Vandy, you know what you're gonna get. Yeah. Um, Alex Leatherwood dominant. I could see him going to Miami because I don't, I don't think Alex Leatherwood is a kid that could go top 15, top 10. I think he'd be perfect right where he is. Yeah. And I don't think Miami needs to make a move to get him. Agree. I, I agree. I think Alex Otherwood is a guy who most think will go late first, early second, but I think definitely a first-round talent. Um, he's shown that. I like it. Going to 19 now, this is where I had, of course, Arizona trading with Washington here, flip-flopping. I have Arizona – again, this is where I have another offensive lineman coming up the board. I have him taking Elijah Vera Tucker uh, from USC. I think Arizona, you know, it's like most teams right now with young quarterbacks. They need to address the issue of how do we protect – Kyler Murray. Uh, Kyler Murray has been running for his life the first two seasons in Arizona. Uh, it's been no surprise. He has just been absolutely, you know, getting hit hard. 
Um, I think Elijah Vera Tucker, Vera Tucker is going to provide a good offensive line kind of spot to fill. They're going to protect Kyler Murray. And I think that's one of the big spots that Cliff Kingsbury wants to uh, kind of, you know, fill in. So I think they take an offensive lineman. I think Tucker is by far the best guy still left. Actually, I think he is a top 15 talent, but I think they have him at 19. I have Washington keeping their pick here. Yep. And I was shocked when you said it. I have the same yep. thing. Jeremiah yep. Owusu-Karamoa. Yep. Dude, is he a top 15 pick? No. Agreed. Again, just he's in the same boat as Miami. I don't think yep. – or Washington's in the same boat as Miami. If they want to get a kid like Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa, they yep. don't need yep. to make a move. He's sitting just outside that top 15 range. Yeah. I mean, he's top 20 good. I don't think he's top 15 good. Agreed. I agree with you 100%. I I think he's, you know, it's it's all about the fit with a lot of these guys. I think the fit there is perfect. So, I like that pick there. We're going to 20 now. And also, one one more quick thing. Yeah. You look at the division Washington is in. I, I know. The weakest division in the NFL. If they get Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa and they dominate the rest of the draft, yep. on draft day, on draft weekend, they win that division. Agreed. I 100% agree. They're already, they already have such a step, a leg if up. If they I mean, stay healthy. The Giants and the Eagles are just uh, – they're kind of I – mean, I guess the Giants are in a better situation with Saquon coming back this year, but who knows? We'll see. I, it's interesting. I agree with you. I think if they draft well, do they need to do, take care of business, this is a team to watch out for. Moving on to 20 now. This is where I had, again, the Bears flopping with Denver. I have Denver taking the 20th overall pick. And I have the Broncos taking Alex Leatherwood. Um, I think you talk about his offensive lineman, Leatherwood, a big guy from Alabama. And here's my reasoning. So I thought a lot about this. You know, does Denver go receiver or do they not? And the only reason I didn't have them going receivers here this year in this first round is just because solely last year uh, they picked up Jerry Judy from Alabama. They picked up K.J. Hamler from Penn State, two guys who have really – are waiting to fill into their shoes. I think they're waiting to see what Teddy Bridgewater gives them this year. And the big, the really one of the big issues has been the offensive line. I mean, even Drew Locke last year was just getting hammered. And a lot of these young quarterbacks are having to deal with that lack of an offensive line. I think Leatherwood is a monstrous offensive tackle. Um, like you said, he's not a top 15 pick, but he's just outside. I think the Broncos taking him at 20. I think um... – just for this year, I do not mm-hmm. think Drew Locke is leaving Denver. No. I think he'll be in Denver one more year. And I'm going to make a very big hot take. I don't think they yeah. do it draft draft weekend. Yeah. I don't think we see Teddy Bridgewater in Denver next season. Interesting. Maybe a pre- because maybe a trade in my opinion, season. in my opinion, at the right team, at a team that can rebuild, yep. Teddy Bridgewater is a starting quarterback. I agree. I 100% agree. He was a starting quarterback at Carolina. Yep. They bring in Sam Darnold. That automatically bumps him down yep. to a backup. And then they trade him to Denver to be Denver's backup. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is a backup. He will go somewhere to be a starter. Agreed. Because, I mean, you look at two before his ACL injury. He was a not only a good starter. He was an elite starter. I mean, this guy was making plays. And he, I mean, was, he was a decent in Minnesota. He was. I agree. So I like that is that is interesting. That is bold, but I like it. You and I are all about bold here. So bold and stupid. Who do you have, who do you have the uh, who do you have the Bears taking at twenty? I love drama. Love it. Me too. Organizational me too. drama. Love it. Yeah, me too. 
If they make this move, one of their quarterbacks is gone. Easy. And this is a move that I don't I don't expect it to happen. Mm. But again, bold and stupid, that's me when it comes to NFL draft. <laughs> Chicago gets quarterback Kyle Trask. Interesting. From Florida. Interesting. Past Six couple years, past couple of years, he's been up and down. I think there's yeah. been more ups than downs. I think that's what Chicago's gonna look at. I think if they go Kyle Trask, Nick Foles is out the door. Agreed, 100%. Because, again, like I mentioned, Andy Dalton was promised that he will be a starting quarterback. So Nick Foles will be somewhere else. And Nick Foles, same shoes as Teddy Bridgewater. He yep. is a He's a quarterback can, that can be a starter right now. 100% agree. Has to be the right team. So I think they go – I think they get their backup. They get rid of Nick Foles, Kyle Trask, and Andy Dalton are the two quarterbacks in Chicago. I was just talking about bold, and Connor, once again, pulls out of the bold hat. I like it, though. I, I do think Chicago – I think Chicago's quarterback as well. I do. I don't know who it is. I think they do go quarterback. Moving on to 21, and this is a pick that I uh, I don't like for the Colts, not because it's a bad pick, but because we're in the same division. Uh, I have the Colts taking Aziz Ojolari from Georgia, the edge rusher. Um I watched firsthand Aziz Ojolari here at Mizzou take on my Tigers and absolutely dominate the line of scrimmage. Every snap, he's in the backfield. Uh, he is – his get-off speed is fantastic. His hand and footwork is probably the best in this class. Um, Aziz Ojolari is all around a great player he's a smaller edge rusher so he's not going to beat you up the middle he is very much an outside rusher but this is a guy who can come in pair up with Darius Leonard and just really dominate with his Colts defense again I don't like it because we got to see them twice a year but I do think they go Aziz Ojolari and help that defense even more you described that perfectly so I'm not going to say it much I'm going to hate to see it again because we're in the same division (laughs) I have them going Aziz Ojolari um, it just is, yeah. Why, but why Aziz would drop this much to 21, I don't know. Yep. If you want Aziz Ojolari, it's going to get to a point in the draft where you have to trade up to get him. Yep. Agreed. Behind Quiddy Pay, behind Quiddy Pay, he's probably the most dominant edge rusher in this draft. So let and me again, ask you this. Yeah, you go. And again, you talked about seeing him firsthand. I didn't go to many Vandy games, so I had to watch them on yep. TV. But when yep. Georgia played Vandy, goodness gracious, yep. he let our quarterbacks up. Now, last year, we had a good quarterback. Ken Seals is a fantastic quarterback. That's right, yep. yep. But he let Ken Seals to shreds. Yep. And, again, again, I understand it's Vandy and it's Georgia, but let me, let me point this out right here. Vandy's on the rise. Mark my words. Um, <laughs> But, again, Aziz Archilari, best pass rusher in the game or in college football. I think he could be one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. I agree. I could see him going probably a 10-, 15-year career in the NFL. Stay healthy. get the, get the Build your strength up. You'll be fine. Yeah. And with the I team agree. in Indianapolis, if they get Aziz Archilari, I'm going to be scared to death to Me play too. Indianapolis. He is an immediate impact. He's going to come in and make an impact right away. So, speaking of being scared now. 22, the Tennessee Titans. So this was a pick that, you know, I, 
I, I think with the signing of Bud Dupree, Tennessee is no longer focused on taking an edge rusher in this first round. Now, that doesn't mean they won't take one second round, but I think first round shifts to either receiver or defensive back. So I thought a lot about it, and I have them going receiver. I have them taking a receiver in the first round. I think they need to fix the offensive side of the course. Of course, they lost Corey Davis. And I have them taking, in my opinion, maybe the most explosive player in the draft, Kadarius Toney. And I thought a lot about this. And I was really debating. There's only two guys I had debated between. It was, at this point in my mock draft, Kadarius Toney or Rashad Bateman. And Rashad Bateman is a big physical receiver. The Titans have that. They have that in A.J. Brown. They have their big wide receiver one who's tall, who's physical, who's going to go up and get it. They have that in A.J. Brown. What they don't have is a quick slot receiver who's going to be able to make a 20-yard play behind the last scrimmage. That is what Kadarius Toney can do. And I've watched a lot of Kadarius Toney, and he has played, uh, again, under quarterbacks that have been – I mean, Kyle Trask is the first decent quarterback he's played under. Felipe Franks was not a good quarterback, and and Kadarius Toney made him look like a star at points. He did. I mean, Kadarius Toney has that type of impact. And furthermore – Tony can do it all. He can play as a specialist. You can run the Wildcat. He can really do everything he wants. I think that's why the Titans like him. Another guy I thought about a little bit was Rondale Moore. I don't know how much I like Rondale Moore, honestly, if I'm being honest. I think he's a second-round talent, not a first-round. So I have the Titans taking an explosive playmaker in Kadarius Tony. This, I sat at my computer working on this mock draft, Hmm. and I was stuck on the Titans for almost 30 minutes, 30, 45 minutes. I was stuck. I changed my pick for the Titans seven times. Dang. Dang. Seven times. Because here's what I did when I got to Tennessee. First off, I took a moment of silence and hoping we do not (laughs) get someone like Isaiah Wilson. Isaiah Wilson, yes. This is going to be, I'm calling it right now, This is the biggest pick in John Robinson's tenure as a Tennessee Titans general manager. The biggest. All because of what happened in the first round last year. Getting Isaiah Wilson. Here's my thing with Isaiah Isaiah Wilson. I don't want to give this kid too much talk. I hate saying his name. But what was Georgia keeping from the Titans that made Isaiah Wilson look so good? They were keeping something. Because they were – I think they were overselling him because they were saying, oh, he's great. He's a great person in the community. And he gets here, three three DUIs, running from the cops, marijuana charges. Jumps off a a balcony. I mean – At Tennessee State. Like, oh, my goodness. Running from police. Yeah, just bad. They were keeping something from us. Agreed. That is another reason why I don't think we go Aziz Ojolari. Because are they keeping something from about Aziz Ojolari? Yep. What are they hiding? You cannot trust Georgia I know. because of what they did to us last year. <laughs> Connor Owens. You can't. A, you're going to hear it here first. Connor Owens is not a Georgia Bulldogs fan by any means. This, this is a, an anti-Georgia Bulldogs guy right here. <laughs> For a little, my dad's from Georgia. He grew up okay. around Georgia. So yeah. it kind of has to be, but <laughs> – when it comes to the draft, 
Yeah. I stay away from Georgia as far as I can from Fair here enough. on out. Well, I mean, if they change, I, I mean, could. Well, I mean, look, Nick Chubb was kind of an outlier. Uh, Todd Gurley, where he, where's he at? Oh, good uh, grief. Doing Atlanta. nothing. Uh, Sony Michelle is the same way in New England. He has been a big disappointment. So I think, you know, you got a few guys here and there, but I, I you make a point. You make a good point here. So that being said, who do you the Titans take? I think they go receiver. It's not Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Kadarius Tony is a kid that I almost had going early second. Interesting. I looked, I went to NFL.com yeah. and I looked at tape on five receivers Kadarius Tony, Rashad Bateman, yeah. Elijah Moore, and who was the other? Other two. I know where, I know where this is other. going. I, I know exactly where this is going. Second round. What freaked me out was their size and their weaknesses were extremely concerning. Yep. Their weaknesses were something that, as a GM, I would be nervous thinking that they won't be able to change them. Yep. And this guy that I have him taking, he had weaknesses that were pretty concerning. But his tape, I, I went off his tape. He's fast, he's dominant, and he can make crucial catches. Elijah Moore. Yep. Ole Miss. Well, and him and, and you Brown. also look, you also Me look, too. who do we have as one of our receivers? Yep, A.J. Brown. That connects A.J. Brown. Those two guys. Teammate of Elijah Moore. Yep. They know how each other – they know how they play. Yep. And I think Elijah Moore will fit perfectly into this offense. And picture this, we, we still have a long time before the season starts. Yes, 100%. Picture this wide receiver core. A.J. Brown, Elijah Moore, Julio Jones. Derrick uh, Henry, Henry at running back. Yep. Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. Taylor Lewan, Jeffrey Simmons, Ben Jones. I mean that 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 is that goes from the number one scoring offense and stays there. I mean it's yeah. you don't skip a beat. Again, no. you look at. I'm going to be completely honest here. I think if you take a, I, I think if you take a guy like Elijah Moore or Kadarius Tony, I think that's already an upgrade from Corey Davis. Corey Davis played well in his contract year because he needed to. But otherwise, you know, he's fine. So I I agree that the Titans go receiver. Moving on now, 23, the Jets. Uh, I have the Jets, of course, going Zach Wilson first. I have them going defense now. And I have them taking the bedge edge rusher from the University of Miami, Jalen Phillips. I have them taking Phillips over Gregory Russo. I think Phillips is a more elite pass rusher than Gregory Russo is. And I think they have them, you know, Robert Sala, a fantastic defensive mind. He wants to start building that defense. And I think Jalen Phillips is a great starting point for them. I think – I'm going the opposite. I think they go Gregory Russo. Gotcha. Yeah. I, that could be – I don't know if you consider this a hot take. That could be another first-round bust, in my opinion. Agreed. Agreed. I 100% agree. R Russo has – he was so high on so many boards, and he's just, he just keeps falling lower and lower and lower. So I think he was a top 10 at one point. He was. He was. People were all about Gregory Russo, and then all of a sudden it's just – 
gone downhill fast. There, there's something that we don't know about him. There is. I agree. So now you don't know, have him taking defense, 20 through the Jets, 24 now. The uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, and I have the Steelers taking the first running back of this year's class, and I have them taking Najee Harris from Alabama. Um, of course, they just lost James Conner. They don't really have a consistent back right now. But besides, I mean, Benny Snell is projected to be their starter, and I don't think he's a starting back material. Uh, I, w- I went between Travis Etienne and Najee Harris. I just think Najee Harris is more explosive, a better back overall. So I have them taking Najee Harris at 24. Um, I don't really have much to say about this kid. Um, he's a kid, again, another threat to be a first-round bust. And I think it's the guy you just mentioned, Travis Etienne. Yep. Um, I think most teams, Pittsburgh especially, they look at how dominant they were in college and they take them. They don't look at how they can be going forward. Yep. I think this is what Pittsburgh's going to do. Yep. If they want to go the safe route, they go Najee Harris. 100%. I agree, 100%. It, in my in my mock, it was either Najee Harris or Travis Etienne. Yep. And um, I think I think Travis Etienne can get Pittsburgh some problems later on in his career. I think he can be pretty dominant year one, two, and three. Yep. But once you get past probably his first contract, yep, he's going to fall apart. I agree. And that's why I had Najee Harris sitting there. Of course, Travis Etienne, the worry is, is he burned out? He had a great junior season, and the senior year was just not there for him. So I, I agree that we agree. And, and another thing you look at is he was in the ACC yep. against Clem- with Clemson. Yep. Look how bad Clemson destroyed people. Yep. And it's all – I don't think it's because Travis Etienne had a little part of it, yep. but their quarterback was Trevor – Lawrence. That's yeah. That's that. That's the key. That's it. Yeah. That's all you need and to know. He, he made Travis Etienne <laughs> look decent, and I think that's why his draft stock's going to push him up to twenty-four. I could have very easily had him second, mm. third round. Me too. But I mean, I want to. It's you all. Know. It's all hit or miss. It's all you know. Again, talking about fit. It's it's what unpredictable. Is the best fit. Agreed. Yes. Totally. Moving on now. Twenty-five. Another team who has a, a late first-round pick. Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, I have them going. Of course, we have them both going. Trevor Lawrence won. I have them taking Trevon Morick from TCU, the safety. He is uh, the standout safety in this class. There is really no other safety who I feel is a first-round, even maybe even second-round talent. So I think they take Morick from TCU. A really great – he's a ball hawk. He's great in the secondary. He's a born leader. Uh, he was the only – really only bright point for this TCU defense. He's fast. I think the uh, Jaguars try to, you know, get the secondary going. The defense is a big point of emphasis for Urban Meyer, too. As much as the offense is, the defense is that much more. They have really lost. I mean, this is a defense a few years ago that is top five in the league. Kalias Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, Jalen Ramsey, just a fantastic defense. Dante Fowler, they don't have that anymore. I think Morig is the safety who's going to kind of get that trend going back. He is. He brings some swagger to this defense. So I think they go Morig at 25. If you get a guy like Trevor Lawrence, got to give him a target. Yep. 100%. I think first round, Jacksonville goes offense, both picks. Right. I'm curious to see I'm curious to see what receiver you got here. In my opinion, 
Actually, I'm not going to say that. At first, I thought this dude was the best receiver in the draft. One of, no, one of the best, one of the best receivers. Yep. Then I looked at his tape, looked at his weaknesses, looked at his size, and he's he's a coin flip for me. Yep. I have Jacksonville going Rashad Bateman from yep. Minnesota. Yep. He is explosive, and he can make crucial catches. To me, I think that's it. That that's that's the hype about Rashad Bateman. Yeah. And coin flip and Jacksonville loves taking players that are eh, 50-50. Mm. But my thing, my thing with that is when you you know 100 percent they're taking Trevor Lawrence. 100 percent What yeah. does that mean for Mr. Mustache? Yeah. Well, Gardner Minshew. What happens to him? I Again, love Gardner he, too. He is in the same boat as Teddy Bridgewater and Nick Foles. At the yeah. right spot, he's a starter. Yep. Where does he go? It's all about where he plays. And I, I Minshew is one of the biggest mysteries now. Actually, performed really well in Jacksonville, given what he yeah, had. He did. Minshew played really well. So and he's, like, he's he's still fairly young, isn't he? He is very, very young. Oh, he's two years I mean, out of the draft. This, he's very young. So I, you could see him going to another team, getting some young value out of that. Who knows? Could that be a trade in the draft? Potentially. Potentially. Maybe Jacksonville wants to go one-two punch, yep. top 10, 15 picks. They trade yep. Gardner Minshew to get a pick. Get rid of Minshew. Because you could. I think you could. Very easily. Honestly. I, I think – and, of course, Jacksonville a big mystery there. Kind of wait to see what they do in this draft besides Trevor Lawrence. 26 now. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, the home – hosting team for this year's draft uh, i have cleveland going defense i have them taking the only worthy interior defensive lineman in christian barmore from alabama um he is like i said he's the only guy i feel in this defensive line class that is worthy of going in the first round uh, besides the edge rushers of course um barmore is big he's physical he's actually very talented at getting to the quarterback which is rare for an interior defensive lineman like him reminds me a lot of a jonathan allen uh, for Washington right now. So I think Cleveland wants to help that defense, pair him up with Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett and just continuing to build that defensive lineup. I'm going to go really quick with this one because yep. I don't really know why I had I got this pick. Hmm. I was like, he's a first-round guy. don't yeah. know why, but send him to Cleveland. Yep. Jason Elway. Gotcha. Yep. Penn State. Yep. Move on. Yeah, that's all I need now. There's no way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Drush there. I like it. Uh, 27 now, the Ravens. I have the Ravens actually going on Gregory Russo here. I think Russo is, you know, like I said, the second best edge rusher. He is a hit or miss kind of guy. But I do think the Ravens need to address the defensive side of the ball right now, um, especially because, you know, again, they're getting older. Uh, I mean, years ago, it was this Ray Lewis mentality of fast, physical, and they've kind of gone away with that. Um, so I think Russo helps with the edge rushing and kind of gets that defense, you know, tries to re-energize that defense. Mark Ingram left, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Okay. Jackie Dobbins the backup now. Okay, right. that's 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 perfect start, start. for my pick at 31. Yeah. Um I think they give their quarterback slash running back, uh Lamar Jackson some help. Yeah. Um this is where I got Kadarius Tony going off the board. Gotcha. Um, nice. That is going to be scary for that division. Yeah. I I haven't looked at the Titans uh, 
teams that we're playing this year, I hope we don't play Baltimore. Um, because that would be um pretty That's scary. But yeah, Darius Tony yeah. is a dominant receiver, and I think Baltimore would be a perfect fit for him. Agree. I'm trying to see if we do play the Ravens. I don't believe we do, uh, solely because last year we did in the regular season. Um, so I don't believe that we do play the Ravens. Which yeah, we be- did play them in the regular season last year. Yeah, we did, which would be fantastic. So moving on, uh, 28 the Saints, and you're gonna laugh at me here, and that's okay. I- I- I'm okay with that. This might be a biased pick, and it might be a biased pick, and I'm okay with that. I uh, somebody from have- Missouri, isn't it? It is indeed. I have New Orleans um, fixing, and but the- you know what though. Might be a little biased, but but in all honesty, this is a pick I like. I think this is a pick they need. Um, I have them take Nick Bolton at 28. Uh, Bolton is, yes, hear me out. You didn't hear Nick Bolton. All right, then you don't watch football. Nick Bolton is <laughs> rate, is is on ESPN rated as the 27th best player in this year's class. Um, is a yeah, is a fast physical middle linebacker. I've watched him play, is absolutely fantastic. Um, Nick Bolton has been climbing up draft boards all over the place. He was actually a projected top 20 pick at some point. It's kind of moved back a little bit because of the depth of this year's class. But Bolton is just a fantastic team leader, and he's he's good at getting to the quarterback. Oh, he's, that guy. Yeah, yeah. See, you yeah. know who I'm talking about. Yeah, he I just, had to look I, him I up, think, though. <laughs> kind of throwing some shade here. Uh, but I think Nick Bolton, I think his best trait is his IQ of football. Uh, he just knows the game well. And I think New Orleans, you know, you made an interesting point, Connor, before we got on the show, you talked about New Orleans and a potential trade up to get a quarterback at some point, which I actually do think New Orleans needs to address the quarterback situation. I just don't know where it's going to be at. And linebacker defense is their second position they need, so that's why I have them going Bolton. But the Saints are an interesting team. I could see them going Trask potentially, maybe second, third round, if he's still there. We'll see, though. You you mentioned the position I have them going. Um, yeah. They need defensive help. They need a linebacker. This is the guy – I almost had this guy going to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But I was like, would he be a good fit? I looked at the defense that we have, Bud Dupree. Yep. Um, uh, why did I forget his name? Uh, Kevin Byard. Yep. I think we're okay for the early rounds. I think second, third, fourth round we could start addressing the defensive side. Uh, could even do it second round. Um Zaven Collins from Tulsa. Yes, yes. Going to New Orleans, I think. Fantastic player. Um, they'll either go Zaven Collins or they will go quarterback. Who that quarterback would be, don't know. If they trade Callum, up, yeah. if they tra- – I don't know if I want to say Martin my words on this. It could mm. be a hot hot take. Um, if they trade up into the top ten, I could see him going Mac Jones. Yep, agreed. In agreed. New Orleans. Yeah. I think – Why not? If Drew Brees was there. So sad he retired. Shocked the stew out of me. Yep. Um, if if Drew Brees was still there, I think Mac Jones would be fantastic. Agreed. What freaks me out about Mac Jones if he goes to um, New Orleans is his mentor will be a Crab Lake Steeler and Jameis Winston. <laughs> I would hate to be mentored by Jameis Winston. I would a kid too. who I, has sat on the bench in New Orleans for two years, played in what three games? What has he shown to be a mentor in New Orleans? Nothing, nothing, nothing. absolutely nothing. I bet nothing you anything. Thirty interceptions. Here's another thing. True. Here's another thing. If they do get Mac Jones, 
wouldn't be surprised at all if Mac Jones is the starting quarterback in New Orleans. Agreed. Because Taysom Hill is not a starting quarterback, and Jameis Winston is he's a tight end. He, he's more of a tight end. He is. He's a tight end. Quarterback. So I, the Saints have a lot to think about this year's draft. No doubt about it. Uh, twenty nine of the Packers. You know, you're getting into this twenty nine to thirty two range where teams really don't need a lot. They want something, but they don't need a lot. I do think the Packers, this is a exception though. I think the Packers need an offensive lineman. They are, you know, offensive lineman, receiver, again, another position they can look to. Devontae Adams is kind of the standalone there. But I think the Packers go offensive lineman. I think they take Tevin Jenkins from uh, Oklahoma State, who you said earlier on in your draft. Uh, Tevin Jenkins is a guy who a lot have going second round. I think he has first round talent and he deserves to go first round. Um, was a really a big part of making Chuba Hubbard look way better than he actually was. So I have the Packers taking Tevin Jenkins there and fixing that offensive line to protect Aaron Rodgers this year. If I didn't have this guy going at 29, I don't think he, I don't think I would have had him in the first round. Mm. Um, I think they go defense and I think they go corner. Um, JC Horn. Yep. I think would make that green Bay defense even more scary. And no matter where they go on the offensive side, you know, no matter where you go on the offensive side, where whether it's a receiver, running back, or offensive line, yep. if Green Bay goes offense, they get 10 times better. Yep, agreed. If they go defense, they get 10 times better. I think J.C. Yep. Horn will be a perfect fit for, for Green Bay. I've seen his, I've seen his uh, tape. He is an amazing um, – he's amazing on the pass defense. Hmm. Bats balls away left and right. He can even rush a quarterback time or two. He can. He can, for sure. He is a win-win, and I think he can be – I think if they want him to build up some muscle, I think they can yep. move him away from the corner, probably go linebacker, edge rusher. He can pretty much do anything on the, on the defensive side of the ball, and I think Green Bay would get a amazing player with J.C. Horn. Agree. And I actually have, you know, I, I told this is my first round here. I had Jesse Horn all the way up to 12 with the Eagles. So uh, Jesse Horn is a guy who agreed. He has all the talent in the world. He is, again, a smaller cornerback. So he's going to give you more speed and he has physicality, but a fantastic player nonetheless. 30 now, the Bills. And I actually have the Bills going another cornerback off this class. And this is a position that I, there's two guys left that I thought were fringe first round players. And it was, Greg Newsom from Northwestern and Asante Samuel from Florida State. And I have him taking Asante Samuel from Florida State, a guy who really was the only bright point of this Florida State defense. Asante Samuel is a consistent quarterback. And you're not saying really, that because you're a Florida State fan, are you? Oh, I can't stand Florida State. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, you know what? I don't have anything against, you know, of course, I've always been a Florida fan, so the natural rivalry, yeah. but my. My mom and brother are Florida State fans, so I always, you know, if they're not playing Florida, I always root for them. But, oh, uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Asante Samuel is – here's what I'll say about Asante Samuel. I've watched him a lot. I've seen a lot to say about him too. He's a consistent player. Uh, he is not a Patrick Sertain going to blow you away with the stats. He's very consistent. Like, you know what you're getting with Asante Samuel. You are going to get a guy who will at some point – be able to start he'll be a starting quarterback and he's just going to play good solid football he's not going to be a standout guy that's just going to be dominant but he's consistent and i think the bills need that on their defense i think they take samuel at 30 and the seminoles get their first first round pick um this was 
Uh, I did look at Asante Samuel here. Mm. Uh, I did look at Greg Newsom. But I went edge for Buffalo. Gotcha. Uh, and I went probably with the best remaining edge rusher in the first round, mm. Jalen Phillips. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Pretty much enough set. Yeah, I get it. The Miami duo, 31 now. The Ravens have another first-round pick here. And you talk about, you know, you had them taking Kadarius Tony. I had them taking receiver at 31. I had them taking Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. And he's a guy that you mentioned, Connor, is he's explosive. Uh, he's shown he can be very explosive. But there's a lot of stuff you got to watch for. It's potential bust. Uh, I think Rashad Bateman also, though, if I'm being completely honest, I think he – showed more than his I, – I think he played up to where his quarterback was. I don't think – I think – so Tanner Morgan was quarterback in Minnesota. I thought Tanner Morgan was fine. I thought Rashad Bateman lo- made Tanner Morgan look that much better than he actually was. So I think give credit to Rashad Bateman where it's due. He made that offense look better than it was. Um, I think the Ravens need to fill that hole at receiver. So I have them taking Rashad Bateman at 31. I asked you if Mark Ingram was still the running back mm. with Baltimore. Yep. You said no. You said J.K. Dobbins. Yep. This might be a controversial pick because didn't they they just got J.K. Dobbins like what two they years just ago? Did. Last year, actually. This is rookie Last season. year. It's rookie Ooh. season. Yep. Oh, that might change it up. I don't know. <laughs> but the thing about Baltimore, no, I'm, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it. Yep. Baltimore. Uh, hey, J.K. Dobbins may even appreciate this. I don't yep. know. Najee Harris yep. to Baltimore. Baltimore does so much with their running backs. It's more than just a running back. They do so much. They run them out wide, pass catchers. Uh, they run the option with them. They, they do actually like a triple option. They do a lot with their backs. Yeah. And they're a running team. So you need yes, they are. You need to have energy and strength yep. Yep. to keep up with the running game in the NFL. J.K. Dobbins and Najee Harris, good grief. A one-two punch. I mean, then you got Lamar Jackson. That's a one-two-three punch. Goodness sakes. So, I like it. Najee Harris, of course, kind of probably the best back in that class left at that point. Uh, 32 now. And this is where you're almost stumped. Like, what what, yeah. do re- what do the Buccaneers need? And this is not so much what they need. I, I just have this as an extra dra- as an extra kind of weapon. I have them going offense, and I have them going a receiver. Um, shockingly. Um, and this is a guy I don't love personally. Um, it's a guy I think if you use him right, could be somewhat of an impact. And that guy is Rondale Moore. Um, I think Rondale is a second round talent. I think he's a second round talent, but the Buccaneers don't have really any holes they need to fill. The only thing I can think of is potentially defensive line because you got you know, and Sue is getting older, but there's no defensive lineman that strikes my eye. And Rondell Moore, you know, his freshman season was fantastic. And he just was like, everybody was blown away with his skill ability to play against Ohio state. He was fantastic when they knocked off Ohio state, the big upset. He's very, he's very elusive. He's a very energetic athletic playmaker who can be used all over the field. And the only thing I say about Tampa Bay is we saw last year their receivers dealt with injuries last year, a majority of the season until playoff time. Chris Godwin was hurt. Mike Evans was hurt. Scotty Miller was 
hit or miss. And Rondale Moore is a guy I feel they can use in the slot a lot. And Brady likes, look, Brady likes these smaller athletic guys, Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola. So I could see a Rondale Moore coming in and playing a piece there. But again, it's not a guy I love. I just think it makes sense fit wise, but uh, we'll see. I don't know. I'm 100% with you. I was completely stumped here. Uh, I'm going to be honest. This is another pick I changed three or four times. Yeah, me too. Same two players, same two players, but I just went back and forth. And this is probably going to surprise you. In the first mock draft I did, I had Tampa going quarterback. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, What's the guy's name? David Mills from Stanford. Yep. I think he could be a late first round, early early to mid second somewhere. Yep. And who wouldn't want to be mentored by Tom Brady? Oh, 100%. I mean, that's um, the dream job. It, even though I cannot stand Tom Brady, um, yep. still, if you could get taught by Tom Brady, you better listen. Because um, yep. he knows what he's going to do. He's going to be in the NFL. Like, what? He'll have like a 40 year career somewhere. Oh, 100%. Oh, um, easily. He'll be in. He'll be in. He'll, all he'll be is bones, and he'll still be in the NFL. He'll be seventy-five years old, and still playing. Good, great. Um, but I did not go quarterback. Um, I went Greg Newsom. Gotcha. Uh, I think Greg Newsom can strengthen up that defense. And another thing about Tampa Bay that's mm-hmm. absolutely shocking—they re-signed. 22 Super Bowl starters. Yes. All 22 Super Bowl starters. How much money did they have to sign all 22 defensive starters? And I think a little bit of how what uh, how that went down is Tom Brady taking that mm-hmm. pay cut because that helped out. A lot. Yeah, he took a pay cut but got more years. I think he'll be yep. there another three, three, four years. I couldn't agree more. But still, that's. Absolutely insane. And they just re-signed Antonio Brown two days ago. Probably a mistake, in my opinion, re-signing Antonio Brown. I think Agreed. if you need somebody like Antonio Brown, this is the perfect draft to get him. Um, yeah. yeah, I got Greg Newsom. Yeah, the, the Patriots, the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers are so unpredictable. You mentioned signing 22 starters back. It's crazy. That's the full 32-pick the full thirty-two pick mock draft. Actually, one thing I want to say, though, I just got breaking news on ESPN. Uh, Tim Tebow has reached out to the Jaguars to come in and play tight end. He has just tried out to play tight end with the Jacksonville Jaguars, which, interesting. He apparently has worked out with the Jaguars tight end coach this year. Um, he is trained to get back in shape. And Tim Tebow, according to Adam Schefter, is looking to become a tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So breaking news from ESPN, from NFL. I wish you could see Connor Owens' face right now. His jaw is down to the floor uh, for good reason. This is a move. Of course, Tebow just left the Mets organization in baseball um, and looking to potentially pursue his football career again. So before we go, what do you think about this? Um. <laughs> It's out of nowhere. It's out of left field. He has, out of left field. Here's the thing about Tim Tebow. He has the size and the muscle to be a tight end. 100%. If he goes back to Jacksonville to be a quarterback, good grief. He, They're in trouble. He'd be the yeah. Derrick Henry of quarterbacks. Yeah. You could he not would. bring him down. No. 
at all. But here's the thing. What tight end experience does he have? I know. Probably I mean, it's, none. No, no, none. I mean, what do you do with that? And who's their tight end now? Dude, I couldn't what tell you. you. Paul, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, it. the Jaguars, I'll look at it right now. It, it's You know what's bad when you and I can't, you know, think of – okay, their tight end is Chris Mannerts. Uh, Who? So, Chris – yeah, Chris – man hurts that's he's why he's from, wanting to do it because nobody knows who the heck they're tied so end so chris chris manards is their starting tight end right he's from kinesius college and his 2020 season stats he had six receptions for 52 yards and no touchdowns so that's your starting tight end right now um from kinesis from kinesis kinesis uh actually okay james oshazany had more action last year, 28 receptions for 262 yards, no touchdowns. So, I, I don't know. Uh, the Jaguars don't have anybody at tight end. So, hey, why not throw Tebow in the mix? Why not? Give Trevor Lawrence at least something to throw to, a, a body to throw to. I mean, goodness. I have one more question for you, and then I'll make yep. a couple of hot takes, and then we can yep. wrap up. Yep. It doesn't have to be the Titans. If yep. you want to do one for the Titans, make it two. Which player, which prospect do you think is a late round steal? Late round steal. Yeah, th- this is that's a tough one. Uh, I think first of all, I'm going to give one that I think is. I have I would, mine. It might sound a little bit biased, but go so ahead I'm, with yours. I, I'm thinking about this, and this is a tough one. Uh, you know, I don't know how I don't know how late round he's going to be, but I do think that uh, Trask goes second or third round. I think he has shown enough to be a first round talent to be, you know, up there. I think he'll be a steal late, you know, second third round. But I have a guy who I, I really like, and I, I know if uh, Graham is out there listening, uh, he's going to be happy with this. Um, and my late round steal would be Tamorian Terry, uh, the receiver from Florida State, and. Uh, Tamori and Terry with James Blackman and Jordan Travis as his quarterback in 2019 had 60 receptions for 1,188 yards and nine touchdowns. His season before, 744 yards, eight touchdowns. This is with James Blackman and Jordan Travis, maybe two of the worst quarterbacks I've ever watched play the sport of football. So Tamori and Terry is a projected fifth to seventh round pick. And I'm telling you, I've been high on this guy since we started talking about the draft. He's going to be a steal. He's going to make a roster, and he's going to be a playmaker. I think Tamori and Terry, wherever he goes, they're getting a fantastic receiver. He's going to go late, but he's going to be very, very good, in my opinion. Who do you think could be a late-round steal for the Titans? Titans. Oh, man. Oh, man, that's so tough. I mean, the Titans – I mean, I mean, okay, what positions do you address? I mean, you're going to address receiver. You're I going to address the team quarterback. Needs. I looked at the team needs for the Titans. It said tight end, okay. corner, quarterback. I uh, think I saw running back, receiver, and offensive line. Or so, inside, inside offensive line. So you mentioned tight end. Who's the, I mean, it's Anthony Ferkser, right? I mean, Ferkser and uh, I don't know. I mean, Johnny Smith's gone now. So it's, you know, you have a limited amount of a tight end usage. So uh, if, if you want to go tight end, 
there's one guy who I think would be a fantastically run starter, and that's Pat Firemouth from Penn State. Um, actually rated as the number one overall tight end in this class before Kyle Pitts had an, an, a fantastic season. Firemouth was the number one tight end in college football. Uh, this guy, his junior season 2019, had 43 receptions, 507 yards, and seven touchdowns. The season before, 26 receptions, 368 yards, and eight touchdowns. He opted out most of this year. Um, so if you want to look for a late-round tight end steal, that's your guy for the Titans. Uh, that's just going to provide to this weapon list for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I think the Titans are, you know, you're always looking to continue to build that offense up because Derrick Henry can't be a 2,000-yard rusher every season. Uh, he'll do it here and there, but he can't do that every year. So that could be a late-round steal, in my opinion. Fire him up is a fantastic receiver. Oh, or, I looked at him. I, I honestly looked at him. Mm. But the guy I went with, um, I'm not saying this is my steal for the Titans, but mm. when you were talking about the tight ends, that's why I went to Hunter Long, Boston College. Um, I think the kind of offense that Boston College runs, I think it's mm. kind of similar to what we run in Tennessee. So I think Hunter Long would fit right in. He would be the backup to Anthony Berkshire. Yeah. Um, looking at this right now, um, this past season, uh, 11 contested catches, uh, 682 receiving yards. Wow. In a COVID year. Golly. That's absolutely dominant. For, for a steal, subpar, subpar Boston College team, too. You know? Exactly. But my steal for the Tennessee Titans, and maybe the entire draft. Yeah, Titans and the draft, no matter where he goes. This past season, this guy had 15 solo tackles, averaged five, five and a half stacks a game. Mm. Against Missouri, he had four total tackles, four solo tackles, and two sacks. This dude, and he tore his Achilles. Yeah. So he had a rough ending to the year. And I said mine was kind of biased. It's probably 100% biased, but I do not care. This dude is an absolute <laughs> stud. Whoever gets him is getting a five, maybe 10-year talent, five, 10-year talent, easy. Maybe even more if he improves. Yeah. Vanderbilt defensive end. I knew it. I knew Dio, it. <laughs> Dio Odangbo. Let me say this. If, if... You, you want to hear his stats from 2019? Read them out for me. 45 total tackles, 20 solo tackles, 25 assists, average one and a half sacks a game. Not not that great sack-wise, yeah. but, I mean, 45 total tackles at Vanderbilt. In 2019, that's, we were one of the weakest – we were one of the weakest defenses in the SEC, and this yep. dude had 45 total tackles. That says something about this kid. Yep, yep. And he's he's got the size. He's 6'6", 276 pounds. Dude's everything you monster. want in defensive end. Yeah, everything you want. Dude defensive is an absolute – in his career at Vandy, 2017, 18, 19, and 20. 126 total tackles, 63 solo tackles, 63 assists, 12 sacks, one interception, one forced fumble. Golly. At I mean, that's – Vanderbilt. Yeah. And again, the Titans, you look for these late round steals. The Titans still looking for an edge rusher, as we both know. I think late the draft, you know, late the draft, that's a guy you go pick up. It's I think this year we're gonna see a lot of late round steals who are gonna come into the league and have a big impact. Um, I think, you know, one thing it's 
yeah, we're gonna say he had something to say. Yeah, I was gonna say one more thing, and then you can finish. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, good. I looked at. I was kind of shocked that it said mm-hmm. that the Titans need a quarterback. Yeah. But then I realized our backup is Logan Woodside. Yeah, you need someone to fill up that spot. Bye. I mean, practice squad. I mean, maybe if not, you're out. Yeah. Oh, 100. percent He he's not. Here here here's my here's my quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. If we were to take one, he, he could be. We would we could probably go up fifth round to get him. If not, he could easily fall sixth seventh round. Yep. I, I want to get your opinion on it, and then you can finish what you were saying. Yep. Um, Sam Ellinger, yes, from Texas. An, an interesting think, target. Yeah. Um, my my two that I would be okay with mm. for the Tennessee Titans: Sam Ellinger one. Yep. Kellen Mond two. Agreed. I, I would take Mond over Ellinger. I think Mond is the more fluent passer. Of course, both are athletic. Uh, Ellinger is more of a Taysom Hill. He is. He's a yeah. physical guy who can play all over the field, but his arm talent just does not impress me that much. I, Kellen Mond is a way more accurate passer. Um, his arm is fantastic. way above uh, Sam Ellinger's as well. So I think Mond is a guy who's going to go probably third round. Uh, a lot of people have him higher up than you think. So I think Mond is a guy that you're going to have to get in the second or third round or he won't be there anymore. Uh, whereas Ellinger, I think, is going to be there for a long time. This is, and, this is pretty impressive with Sam Ellinger, mm-hmm. considering the kind of year Texas had last year. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at his 2020 stats. Um, mm-hmm. 2,566 passing yards, 26 yep. – touchdowns five interceptions in his career at texas he went 923 completions 1476 attempts mm-hmm. he completed 62.5 percent of his passes 11,436 yards and 94 yep. touchdowns yeah so his i mean look he's got good stats and he had times where you know he was really good he also had times where he was really bad and my only concern for him would be Ellinger is not a winner. Uh, Ellinger is not a guy who has shown he can go in and win. And Texas has all of the talent, all of the resources, all of the coaching that you'd ever need. I mean, they have more. Let's be honest. They have more resources than really anybody in the Big 12 does, maybe besides Oklahoma. That's the only other team. And they can't get out of their division, at, at their conference. So, I mean, Ellinger has, again, he's shown some really good but he's also shown some really bad. And so I think wait and see where that goes. You know, and I was going to say too, tonight, everybody listen out. Yeah, everybody listen tonight. Watch out for some trades. I think this tonight are going to be a lot of trade-ups. I'm here in North Washington want to trade up. So we'll see. It's going to be a great first round. Connor and I, again, gave our first round mock drafts. We'll be back live either tonight or tomorrow, I believe, to break down all of the first round, all the first round picks. It's going to be an exciting night. You guys enjoy it, Connor. I should be quick, on again, quick man. question. He's got he's got one more thing. Here we go. Quick question. Do you want to okay. have some fun with this? Because right. I have my mock. Okay. And I wrote down your mock. Yep. Whoever has the most correct uh picks okay. has okay. to do something for the other. We we have right. to we're gonna, like, we're, little, little, do? little something. All right. You know, Connor and I are gonna talk on the side what we're gonna do, but I think we should do it. I, I think we should see who gets the most right. I like that idea. A little friendly competition here. And, and I got mine. I, all right, all right. 
Uh, it'll have to wait until you go back to Missouri next semester. Okay. I know where this is going. I know exactly where this is going. If I, I know, you I know exactly where no. it's going. All right. I'm open for a <laughs> minor negotiation, not okay. too major. All right. If I get more correct picks than you, okay. you have to wear Vandy gear at Missouri all around campus for a week. Okay. All right. You know what? I will agree to that. I, I will agree. I will be, I will rep the Vandy pride. From head to toe. Okay, all right. Not I'm, just I'm going a shirt. To... Not just a shirt. From head to toe. I'm Sweat going pants, full out. Sweatshirt, hat, whatever. All right, I got you. I, I will think of mine. I will try to make mine worse than that. I'm kidding. I won't. I will try to do it. But uh, anyway, Connor, thanks for joining me again, man. It's going to be an exciting night for all you listening. Enjoy the first round of the draft. We'll be back live to break down all the picks. I'm Garrett Pay. This is Connor Owens. Thank you for joining us. This has been High Notes Nashville Sports. Enjoy the draft, everyone.